0: All right, let's do this.
1: Hello. Hi. And welcome to Murder, She Read, the true crime podcast where we read books, give each other dirty looks, and drink copious amounts of wine.
0: I am sitting across from Victoria Campbell. And I am across from the ever-lovely Amanda Fall. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Fine. Medium rare. Medium medium rare. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put me. Yeah, you are halfway done, I would say.
1: Cold in the middle.
0: That sounds (laughs) right. (laughs) Always cold in the middle, 100% of the time.
1: What are we doing today? We are diving into part three of our Lady Killer series. We're still on the book by Tori Telfer that we are very much enjoying, and I'm jazzed to talk to you about this
0: you know I am getting a little tired of the poisoners, but yeah, I am still into this concept.
1: I think that I could probably poison someone by now and like get away with it.
0: Let's not say that on the podcast. I'm just thinking out loud. You always are. <laughs> <laughs> That's most of the problems that you have. Are you saying I don't have a filter? <laughs> <laughs> I think we learned that this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's not talk about that though. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not anyway, that um,
1: <clears throat> shall we get into our first story? Fuck yeah, who's our first one? Alright, we've got Raya and Sakina, two sisters, and this time, we're taking you across the globe to Egypt. Alexandra, specifically. Yes,
0: Alexandria. So... I thought it was pretty pertinent to kind of get an understanding, at least it was for me, because I don't know shit about shit, um, to get an idea of what the fuck was going on in Egypt at this time. So I do have a little bit of information for you. Good, because all I know is that World War One had ended. That's all I got. Great. Don't mention that at all in my info. <laughs> um, without going into too much historical detail, because that's not who we are Maybe someday, but like not, not today. Today, we are surface level girls. Cold in the middle. Go <laughs> on. Okay, so by the end of the 19th century, Egypt was on the brink of economic collapse. European and foreign finances come in. They take over control of the European or the Egyptian treasury, and they forgive a bunch of debt. So, from 1882 to 1956 i
1: sorry. Oh, I just didn't know any of this. Oh, okay. Um, from
0: 1882 to 1956, possibly with a few years of exception. Look, I did some skimming. It's a lot of information. Um, Egypt was occupied by the British. Um, as you can imagine, the Islamic and Arabic nationals were not fucking stoked about this. Fair. There are various uprisings throughout this period... Um, this is important to history, not important for the story, so use your imagination for what this looked like. Okay. One of the biggest effects of the occupation is demonstrated by the class disparity seen in Alexandria at this time. So, Alexandria, through the British occupation, was bolstered to the city of, like, cosmopolitan grandeur and was the destination of a lot of European elites and artist communities. However, the majority of locals were extremely poor, largely ignored, and it's in these downtrodden Conditions that we find the sisters right in Sakina. Right. So that's what's happening. Okay, interesting. I did not know any of that.
1: We did not learn that in New Jersey.
0: Well, we didn't learn that in South Carolina either. To be fair, I've never taken a history class, (laughs) not like a good one. Okay. We did a lot of like local history situations, US. I don't think I ever took world history, definitely never took geography. You, this is not a podcast about South Carolina <laughs> public education, but it could be.
1: Are you like my students who asked me where New Hampshire was the other day? You know, I
0: know generally
1: I told, up there. Yeah, I made my hand into a map and pointed at it. And then my student, Miles, said, yeah, but what state is it in? Oh, not that
0: bad. Mm-mm. Not Mm-mm. that bad.
1: I'm sorry, Miles. Anyway, so we're in Egypt. <laughs> I um, And we meet... Uh, raya and sakina who are sisters who are involved in some shady business uh but no one is too concerned about what they're up to because they've got this political situation going on wait um, do
0: you have anything about like the early history? yeah I'm,
1: I'm gonna get back oh here okay a um i this is how the book did it so this is what my notes have that works. um so we know that they're up to something shady in 1919 and it's noted multiple times by their neighbors that their house always always reeks of incense so it's like probably my apartment in college, but... Different reasons, I
0: imagine. Covering different smells. Yes,
1: mostly marijuana. Now, not so much marijuana. Anyway, okay, so let's take it back in time to 1875. Let's do it. Um, Our first sister, Raya, was born, and Sister Sakina was born in 1885, a decade
0: later. Yeah, they're in some, like, remote village in Upper Egypt... Yeah, and the
1: two girls were forced to grow up really fast. Their father was absent, and their mother was a noted narcissist.
0: I do have that as well. She, by all <laughs> accounts, didn't give a shit that she had kids. Mm-mm. Which is, I feel like, how I would be as a mother, so it's a great thing that I don't want to procreate. I really (laughs) felt bonded to this woman just through that one sentence. Just staring in the mirror.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So the family moved around Upper Egypt, as Amanda said, and the girls worked selling vegetables or waitressing at cafes. Ultimately, Sakina began engaging in sex work in exchange for food, and when times got very tough, their mother would just commit some sort of robbery... And often involve the girls. A light one. Yeah, just a a touch of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Sakina would be married three times by 1916, uh, most recently to a man named Muhammad who worked at a slew of cotton factories.
0: Right, so we've got, they settled down on this village that I'm not even going to try to pronounce. It's in the Nile Delta. After a failed marriage, Sakina flees the village with a lover. She eventually lands in Alexandria in 1913 with another man. And three years later, Raya finds herself widowed um, with a daughter. And mm-hmm. she marries her deceased husband's brother, which I think was a common practice. It
1: was. I read that because at first I was like, we've got another one. Oh. Yeah, no, I think
0: that that's just what yeah. you did. Like, if your brother dies, you take care of his family, but, like, a little bit more aggressively than way yeah. we would traditionally do now. Um, his name is... Well, I had it. Um, oh, he is he Hazabala. Yes. Yeah, and his family joined Sakina and her current beau and Alexandria.
1: Exactly. Um, what I would like to share about Sakina right now, which is my favorite quote, um, she was known about, about town as being a... Loose woman, as the Times would describe her. Um, and also a bit of a lush. The owner of her favorite bar would note that she could drink 15 glasses of wine in under an hour.
0: I don't feel... I mean, what? How, <laughs> how, how big are these glasses? Let's not judge her. That's the Patreon content. How big are these glasses? Are we talking like... They're probably shot glasses, right? Those babies, right? right? Yeah. Like thimbles? No. Or they're
1: like small fucking cups. goblets, Amanda. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, I'll do some more research into that. Thank you. That
0: would be a great Patreon. Just watch us try to drink fifteen glasses of wine in under an hour while reading a book.
1: I think my dad would have to, to stop. Out loud. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Um, so as Amanda said, um, Raya got married. She had a daughter, uh, and she moved to Alexandria in 1916, where the two sisters would open up a brothel
0: together. Yeah, they call it a public house. They also call it the camp. No, that's yep. bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these venues are pretty widespread. So the sisters will claim that there was no prostitution or moral activity happening in their public houses. They were more venues for people to come. Drink 15 glasses of wine and leave. Drink 15 glasses of wine, smoke some hash, hang out, and then go home. Okay. But, like, there were prostitutes around. Yeah. They mingled. Oh, they were just fraternizing. They were just hanging out. okay. According to the sisters' plea that they never... Dealt in any immoral activity. Okay, interesting. You know, outside of what's going to come next. Shh,
1: shh, shh. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so this first brothel, as I said, known as the Camp, did very well initially. Uh, the war hadn't yet ended because we're in nineteen sixteen, and there are soldiers plenty looking for feminine touches, companionship. Thank feminine you. Feminine touches. Go away. Um, however, when the war did come to an end, business. Dried up. It was not as rip-roaring of a market as it had been previously. And the sisters were busted by the police and started running the business first out of an apartment they were renting, but then they eventually moved it into their home.
0: Yes. Yes. But that still kind of goes okay outside, or like running it out of their home still works for a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're making money. I imagine it's awkward as hell in there uh, for that child, but who knows?
0: Not great. Um. So then 1919 comes, And from March to April of 1919, the general unrest of the Egyptian population becomes a full-blown uprising. Okay. Um, So the foursome situation becomes dire, and they start stealing to survive. So I don't have a ton of information on this, um, just because it was really complicated and lengthy, but yeah, there's like... Public riots. There's by the end of it. I think it was like a month and a half long. By the end of it, there's like nine hundred dead, twelve hundred injured. Yeah, it was an insane situation, so no one really has time to go to their brothels anymore. Okay. I and, imagine. Yeah,
1: and that's top problem. all that incense lighting is just out the window. Who cares what you're up to over there?
0: Right, and also, like, that kind of sets the tone for what we're about to get into is, like, shit is fucking buck yeah. in the city. Like, no one's paying attention to anything outside of that. And it sounded like the cops weren't great from what I had read, also. Well, can you imagine how fucking busy they are? I they're, guess they're a little busy. <laughs> if there's uprising in the streets every single day, all day long... That's all that they can focus on. I imagine. That is a good point.
1: Yeah. Um, So I've got by the end of 1920, uh, neighbors have had enough of the incense and they call the cops on Raya. Uh, Her home was smelly, to say the least, and the incense she was continuously burning was giving everyone very bad vibes. Um, when the cops rolled through, they found multiple corpses under Raya's floorboards and additionally under the floor of an apartment Sakina used to rent. Uh, which a man who was doing some work had found. Okay,
0: I was gonna say, I have that happening first.
1: Uh, maybe that's the inciting incident. Although, well, whatever the book had it was just that the neighbors called the cops. Uh, right. But maybe that person's also a neighbor.
0: So they ultimately end up getting caught, from what I read. We'll get into what they did, but I liked this story. Um, Sakina's old landlord in one of the houses that they had a, a public house in was a blind man hmm. who wanted to install some uh, water pipes after she moved out. Right. And started digging and hit bone. Yeah.
1: yeah pulled like an arm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah. No, I
0: think he was a, a, a skull. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he... Waited for. I think the plumber was coming because he's a blind man, and I can't imagine that that's an easy time for pipe installation. You might need to be able to see. He's just standing there holding that skull. <laughs> I don't think he was holding you it. You don't know what he was doing. But then they call the cops, and that's how, yeah, it goes from there. Okay, so that's our point of discovery. <laughs> point of discovery is I gotta get that blind man credit, okay? He found the corpses. Now I just see
1: him holding it.
0: Great. We can continue. (laughs) I can't. Um,
1: Okay. So all in all, 17 female corpses were found connected to the sisters, all of whom were sex workers. Were they? That's what I get.
0: Oh. All right. I'm going to take it and just go in a different direction. We'll see. We'll come to no agreement. Okay. Just lay out two options here. Um, So like I said, they were stealing to get by. So Hazabala and Raya both do stints in jail. And when they get out, they're like, all right, we've got to brainstorm a new plan for survival. And then they landed on murdering women for their gold jewelry, okay, which wait. they could then sell.
1: Here's the thing, though. The gold jewelry was primarily worn by sex workers to advertise their status as a sex worker. You want to get with the girl who's got all the gold on because she's got so much gold because she's been pulling dick for so long. She's See, the I best. have a
0: different reason for it. What do you got? That instead of using banks, most Egyptian women invested their money in gold. That's true, too. And then uh, they would wear that gold jewelry. Yeah, so, yes, maybe yeah. there is, there's a truth in all of this. Yeah,
1: so you can keep it close to your body, but also, generally, I mean, they're running these public houses that were, in essence, brothels. Most of the women whom they're interacting with
0: are sex workers who were... Yeah, it did say that they were all acquaintances or, like, good yeah. friends. Okay. I guess that all does come full circle. We're both right. That never happens. Just this one <laughs> <laughs> get Well, this is on record, so great. This, <laughs> you are going to get it on the record. Get it, get it on the fucking record. This is on it the is, golden it record, Guys, thank we're you. We're here. Send it tomorrow. Um, so obviously these are easy targets. Some of the women were friends. Um, they would lead the women back to their house, get them drunk, and then a male member of the gang would suffocate them. They would then, as we've said... Bury the bodies right in the house.
1: Yeah, why not? Just use it if you got it. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Don't
0: keep it that close to home.
1: You got a child in there. Um, okay, so as Amanda said, they've got this four-person killing squad going down. Yeah. Two sisters, both their husbands, um, are involved. And as Amanda said, they were taking the gold chains to survive, um, but they were also killing some of these women because they had crossed...
0: Oh, just doing a little bit out of better. Just a light petty murder unfolding over here. not.
1: Um, So this is like sensational news in Egypt, as of course it is. It would be a sensational story anywhere you've got sex, you've got money, you've got murder, and you've got sisters. (laughs) Um, And this is 1920, so this is basically when women are trying to start to veer from their strictly domestic roles and enter areas that were hitherto reserved for men, like bars. Or public houses.
0: Right. There are also some really, like, this is when the feminist movement starts, is during those uprisings. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of women leaders, like, leading some of the more, um, non-violent, I imagine, (laughs) um... Political. Interesting.
1: Yeah. So it's a time, it's a time where we're seeing women's role in society changing. So then this makes this even that much more salacious, right? Like the story becomes even larger than it already is because of the political climate at the time and this evolution in women's roles and how people viewed women. Um, so the press went ahead and slung this whole thing as a victim-blaming slant, claiming the sex workers basically deserve their fate for stepping out of society's prescribed roles. Um, do you want to hear a bananas quote that explained why the sisters had committed it?
0: I absolutely do. Okay.
1: Um, we see the sisters' behavior rationalized as greed and pursuit of pleasure were uniquely female traits that had grown out of control in the absence of male supervision. Because our...
0: Jesus.
1: Because their husbands were off... Picking bodies up off of Warfields, it's not clear what they did. It wasn't great. Um, I
0: think they were just there with them.
1: No, they were gone for a while. Oh. And that was another issue. When they came back, as the war ended in 1919, the husbands came back, and the Sakina and Raya were like, oh, you're going to take this business from me?
0: Right, because they were running it initially with those two bodyguards, mm-hmm. which I kind of left out of my notes. It I did too. They weren't super important, but yeah, they initially did have, like, two bodyguards that they enlisted for protection. Um, do you have anything about, from the, like, the full year that all of those women were going missing and, like, how the police were handling it? Nope. So, from, their murders lasted from November 1919 to November 1920, that's, like, Seventeen women missing in the same neighborhood. That's
1: a lot in a year is a lot.
0: So obviously people are reporting that these women are missing. And people are also reporting that Ray and Sakina are the last person like the last people that they were seen with. So they're questioned several times. Um officers are a little on the busy side as we've established. And also somehow, yeah, I don't think that they were that bright because they did manage Ray and Sakina managed to outwit the police every time they were interrogated. Yes. Which is so funny. How are they doing this? I think they're just lying, and uh, the cops are just like, oh, all right. Like, yeah, whatever. We have 14,000 <laughs> other things to <laughs> we do. We have bigger fish to fry, ladies, I guess so. as you were. Um, but yeah, and then after the... Uh, I do where I was going with this.
1: You were talking
0: about... Oh, after the interrogations get a little bit more intense, that's when the sisters decide to move. So they vacate oh. where all the bodies were. Oh, that's smart. Okay. Is it? You don't usually just, like, leave the bodies in the floor, get the fuck out. I
1: didn't say putting them down there was smart in the beginning, but I would move countries.
0: No, they didn't. Just into a new house. Oh, just nearby. next door. <laughs> yeah, basically next door. And then that's when the landlord came in and was trying to put the pipes in and found oh tons of bodies. Holding that head. Right.
1: Which I'm fixated on. Interesting. Um, all right, well, I will say that the press continued to spout Uh, rhetoric about the women, rumors persisted, including two newspapers in both Arkansas and Wisconsin. This was a wide-reacher, claiming that some of the victims had been lured to their deaths by their sisters, who were somehow contacted in their home states of Arkansas and Wisconsin. It was just, like, a lie. It was, like...
0: Sakina and Ray were very poor women with not many means of anything. No. There's were... no, there's like smoke signaled telepathic. It was like a mail order corpse situation. I'm not sure. It was not Mail great. order corpse situation. You're welcome. Thank you. Anyway.
1: Um, so it's just like this media frenzy um, and in another absurd rumor, it was claimed that the sisters were being held at the zoo where you could visit them, and all these people fucking trotted down at the Alexandria Zoo to see
0: them. To be fair, if we heard that rumor, we would have boot-scouted on down. Yeah, we wouldn't tell anybody <laughs> about it. <though>. No. <laughs> Take that one to not the a grave. soul. <laughs> Get a bottle of wine, let's go.
1: There's nothing. Oh, it's the bears. Cute them. <laughs> um, so in 1921, the trial against the two women started. And the prosecutor was pushing for the death penalty, something which had never been conferred on a female before. And he got it. Both sisters were sentenced to death by hanging, a fate which came to pass on December 21st of
0: 1921. I've got that. It was Raya's 10-year-old daughter that eventually... Yeah. Yeah, it was her fault. She did tell them. Like, gave the full yeah. account. She's watching through. Yeah. Well, I'm sure... You can't have that happen with a child around and have them not know anything.
1: No, particularly a 10-year-old. You're fully cognizant.
0: Right. I mean, like, hey, these, but whatever. Do you have anything about the guy that they were selling all that gold to? No. <laughs> so, obviously, if you're killing women for their gold, you have to sell this gold somewhere, right? Correct. Because so going to the same person. Okay. Where he clearly knew what the fuck was up, but, like... Because he was benefiting from it. Like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. So, they... Arrested that guy, too, and he ends up getting five years. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Just for being aware. He knew. Oh, no, he totally yeah. knew. I just thought that was kind of funny. I don't know why I was amused by it. What a dummy. For sure dummy. Everyone's a dummy.
1: Um, okay, so what I have after this, um, again, sentence of death. Um, upon their death, they basically became legends. There's a 1953 movie titled Ray and Sakina. There's a play themed around the rage the rage of women, which told their story.
0: There was a play that was put out while they were on trial.
1: Oh, bold. Yeah,
0: so a theatrical comedy, The Affair of Ryan Sakina by the Egyptian playwright and comic Naguib El-Renahi. You got it. Excuse me if that's wildly wrong. I'm positive it is. Um, That was staged while the trial was still going on. (laughs) Right,
1: really, just making that topical move there. There
0: is, and I really should have written it down. I was again afraid that I was going to butcher more words that I can't pronounce. Um, there's a word for it, um, where Egyptians, I guess, are—it's their phrase for like not taking anything too seriously. Oh, okay. So this is like a theme of theirs. It's Okay. Like, this is horrid. Make it funny. Yeah. Make it palatable. So it's us. Yeah, it,
1: it is exactly.
0: We yes. understand that. <laughs> it's as a horrid. Concept. Make
1: it funny. Right. Yes.
0: Um.
1: So there's this play that Amanda mentioned. There's a 2005 TV show, even that recently. Um, their names have totally fallen out of vogue in Egyptian households. No one wants to name their children after Shocker. these <laughs> angels. Um, and their legacy basically lives on as like a boogeyman threat. Like if kids are bad today, moms will still say if you don't behave. Or dads, moms and dads will say if you don't behave, Ryan, Sakina will get you. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, it's not a good <laughs> thing. use them
0: as a threat against your kids. Okay, I know we usually save this for the end and we can talk about it more, but I think what I'm really loving about the Lady Killer series is that we get to have more of a back and forth telling the same story yeah. instead of just, like, a he said, she said. Yeah. narration. <laughs> it's kind of nice that, like, everything's lining up. I think that she did such a great job of... Staying true to the actual facts and, like, not making it a salacious... Do you mean, like, a fiction book? Not a fiction (laughs) book, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's because she's doing these in quick intervals. She's getting down to the point.
1: Yeah, they're really well-researched. And they're also, they're, like, very charming to read. They're funny. They're, like, very quippy and smart. And they're, like, definitely very... Just, like, palatable. Again, is apparently my word for the episode. Like, you can just, little bite-sized, hello, goodbye...
0: Bite-sized murders. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep pointing out things that you say. That's what I'm doing. I'm just gonna drink all of your wine. Thank (laughs) you. That's fine. I brought a backup bottle. Um, But yeah, I I like that. That's it's probably not as interesting and not as funny as other ones, but it's nice that we're not spending half the time backing up and figuring out where or or, when or when we (laughs) should be or how many kids were involved yeah we gotta learn to let those go too i think probably
1: um well speaking of not letting anything go shall we transition to our next lady killer
0: yeah absolutely i found out all my notes were wrong right before this
1: episode started Yeah, so good luck you guys i'll be interested (laughs) um (laughs) here's what i would like to disclaim with got a lot of french names in here
0: you're a French woman.
1: I'm not a French woman. You're an Irish woman. I am an Irish woman, <laughs> and I took some years of French. So if you hear me get a little aggressive, uh, this is my can best attempt. you do it attempt. In
0: a full, the whole series in a full thick accent?
1: Yeah, uh, you want me to do the whole thing in an accent? Oh, never mind.
0: I changed it. that, we can we can start anytime you want.
1: <laughs> you don't want more of that? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> okay, so our next lady to stay true to form is another poisoner. Uh, but this one is the Queen of Poisoners, and her name is Marie-Madeleine the Marquise de Brinvilliers. Sure. Sure. She was born in 1630, long time ago, uh, the daughter of a civil lieutenant of Paris, which is like a super bougie job. And she had two younger brothers and a younger sister, and the sister was not, as the author pointed out, such a raring, fun time, because she ended up in a convent. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, so at 21, which seems super late for the time, Marie married a super wealthy man named Antoine Gobelin.
0: Well, I've got a little snippet that maybe she was busy with an incestual relationship with the, an the brother. Situation? I left it brother? out, but take it. Go for it. Nope. That's all I've got. She might've been hooking up with one of her brothers for a while. At five. Uh, she was five? Yeah, he was seven. Oh, that's Wait. not great.
1: She was seven. He was five. Sorry.
0: I have that she was 10. Neither are good. Mm -mm. Both are bad. I didn't say older or younger. As
1: Dolly Parton said at that concert we went to, incest is not best. No, it's not. Mm -mm. Uh, But that's question. She also takes it back later. Who knows? Um, So I walked right away from it. All right. Um, So 21, she marries the super wealthy Antoine Goblin, he had a fortune, she had a dowry, and they were high-stepping it into French high
0: society. I just put it in my notes as goblin. <laughs> I'm not
1: surprised by that. <laughs> so, at this time period, we're in the court of Louis XIV.
0: Sure. I don't have a history for you
1: here. No, this is a little one. Um, But this is like high times fun at the court. Um, Everyone's drunk? Everyone's drunk, gambling, um, adulterous. There's a lot of fucking iced champagne. Oh, I
0: got that Goblin was a big gambler.
1: (laughs) He was, he had a (laughs) lot of gambling debts.
0: Um, So, this is a court that like they're bored, they're
1: rich, they're just like fucking leisure activity after leisure activity, and they love to gossip. Ah, oh,
0: so this How is can't where... can this be my life? Because...
1: It doesn't... End well, <laughs> fine.
0: Um,
1: so this is the the life that Marie and Antoine enter into. Um, so with the emphasis on adultery, uh, shortly after their nuptials, both Marie and Antoine took lovers. Marie fell very hard for an officer named Godin de Saint croix who was a handsome ladies' man with a dark side. Everyone loves a bad boy. Um... Although affairs were super commonplace, as I said, they weren't supposed to be publicly trophied. Um, Emery's father and her brothers felt that her behavior was bringing shame on their family and had her lover arrested while they were together in a carriage, zip, zip, zipping down the Champs-Élysées or this whatever. This is
0: Sparkle Water Lover? Yes. Okay. <laughs> sparkle Water Lover, or La Croix. Um, yeah, because they were they were not hiding this by no, any means. They are in a like,
1: carriage like, together. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the initial open marriage was pretty quiet and then she's like fuck no i like this one a lot
1: and he's so hot let me take him yeah anyway he's very handsome um so she is pissed so she's embarrassed her lover has been publicly arrested her she feels that her dad and her brothers are trying to drive her life which they are
0: can you imagine if every guy that you dated that your dad didn't like was jailed (laughs)
1: Look, to be honest, <laughs> it would have saved me a lot of time
0: and heartache. It would have, but at the time... Oh my god, I would kill him. So, oh, would you? <laughs> Don't at me like that. Get it together.
1: Um. So, she's pissed, and she blames what's going to come, as <laughs> this is the incendiary moment that drove her to all of her queen of poisonings. Right. Okay, so... The boyfriend is in jail at the best deal for six weeks and it's rumored that here he met a very famous poisoner and learns the tricks of the proverbial trade and meanwhile marie is stewing she is sitting there waiting for these six weeks to be done and in the interim her husband is terrible with money as amanda said goblin has a lot of gambling debts
0: he's got big problems yeah
1: um, and Godin, the Butter boyfriend, is by no means a cheap horse to keep in your stable. Quit winking at me. Um, so she's like, you know who has a lot of money? Her dad? It's my
0: dad, and I hate him. <laughs> right. So, Sparklewater gets out of jail, and they start plotting the death of her father and her siblings.
1: I'll let me stop you there. Do you know
0: what he's... No, that's absolutely correct.
1: Um, Do you know what he sets up shop as after he gets out of jail? He, like, opens a storefront?
0: Oh, absolutely not.
1: Oh, as an alchemist.
0: Ah, why not? Um, That's a good front for a poisoner.
1: It is. I mean, he's clearly not turning anything to gold, but he is turning out poisons. Um, So, Marie test drives his poisonous attempts at the local poor hospital. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And on some of her maids. Yep. And so she brings her favorite ill peasants jams and candies loaded with poison.
0: Poison. Poison. Yeah, so, it's said that the poison that Sparkle Water was taught about in jail was this very specific arsenic-based poison invented by Julia Tofana. Oh. I think that's an F. I don't know. Sometimes my F's and T's look exactly alike. Hard to say. He was a famous Italian poisoner. Yes. And the poison was known as aqua tofana. Water, Water Which tofana? sounds like a great sparkle water as well. They go hand in hand.
1: Well, now I can't have a Lequok again. but thank you. Go on.
0: Don't worry. We're drinking them later tonight, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> okay, so back to the hospital. Great. She's killing all these people. And then she's like sitting at their bedsides, weeping as they die. Um, she also, as Amanda said, poisoned a servant girl in her house home house home excuse me household. There it is. Um, who does not die but is sick for three fucking years because of it. What? Yeah, that's a long time. Um, so Marie and Sparklewater are convinced that they have finally figured out the perfect undetectable poison.
0: Well, yeah, they've done it to almost fifty people at yes. this point.
1: It's not funny, I'm sorry. Yes.
0: That's a lot.
1: Uh, Yeah, so they think they've got it together, and they set about getting it to dear old dad by way of a servant they placed in his manor castle home? Who knows? I don't know what he had. I
0: don't know. Some countryside home that... Marie went to visit because they were, yeah, like you said, quite satisfied with the outcome of those horrifying experiences. Yep.
1: Um, so this is in 1666, and after eight months of her father being super ill, Marie moves in, as Amanda said, to take care of her father. Um, and and in this interim, she poises him an additional 30 times. Just a little bit at a time. It's slow, slow. Um, he'll eventually die on September 10th, 1666, and his doctors will cite his disease As gout.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you want me to let that die there, or giggle a little? Just to (laughs) giggle a little, okay. Um, There's a one problem though, right? Tell me. So the inheritance now is going to be split between her and all her siblings.
1: Yeah, she's got those two brothers and that convent-bound
0: sister. So there's four of them. Yeah. She's like, fuck this. I didn't think this through. (laughs) (laughs) That's not enough money. I thought it was going to be more. What's the solution? kill everyone! Poison my brothers. Yep.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is what she sets about to do. So, Marie turns her sights on her brothers, both of whom conveniently live together with their wives. And oh, they
0: did have wives. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just thought that these... they lived together, and that sounds sad. <laughs> like in the
1: Meatball Palace, like those boys who lived in my old apartment in bunk beds. Yeah. In that 500 square foot kind apartment. Kind of how I
0: imagined it.
1: Uh, at least one of them has a wife. Uh, right. I actually don't know about the other one. but So, the one's wife hates marie and will not let her into the kitchen she's like bitch no Mm -mm. don't touch anything in there
0: that's how zachary treats me when i'm in my house what do your insides look like not good remember
1: last week i detailed all of those incidences of arsenic poisoning not peeing blood so i think i'm okay okay fine as we were um so she's not allowed in the kitchen uh, but she figures out how to get around this. She has done this before. She hires another servant um, who is going to go into the household and work as a an usher or a cook or whatever he is doing there. But he's doing her dirty work for he's her, basically. He's a plant, yeah. yeah. Um, these were not kind deaths, and neither was her father. This shit is drawn out.
0: Right, so the first attempt at... Uh, I've got his name. It's John Stamalan, but he goes by some nickname... That I couldn't pronounce, so I didn't is, even bother This is the him. servant man? Yeah, let's call him Servant John. Okay. Um, so his first attempt at poisoning the two failed. He adds the poison to their wine, but the brothers notice an off smell and dump that shit out. And they're like, fuck, no, I did not poison your wine. You have drank all of it, though. <laughs> it <laughs> it smells like tuna fish. Um, but then we get Easter of 1670, take two. Okay, tell us more. You don't have anything? I don't have anything about Easter. Oh, I've got, it's Easter dinner. Servant John went hard. So seven people fall ill after eating the same dish, and the first brother dies on July 17th, and the second dies three weeks later. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. I do know this, um, and I will, I'd like to add, uh, by the time the two eventually passed, their stomachs and livers were blackened, and their intestines were literally falling apart.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Um, so doctors suspected poison, but had no
0: idea who could be behind it. Well, Marie's got an alibi because she was not invited to Easter dinner. Shocking!
1: No, she was far away, um, and the servant that she placed in the household, servant John, household favorite.
0: Yeah, like yeah. no one suspects him. Mm-mm. But the doctors definitely think something's up. Seven people got ill after the after the same dish. So, like,
1: the other thing I read about in terms of uh, history was that this was like cusping on the time where people were like obsessed and paranoid about poison.
0: Um. Is it because every death is from poison? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Might could. Everyone's just sharing poison secrets back and forth. Yes. Trying to kill for money. Yes. Or greed, uh, or love, or whatever other reasons they think of. Yeah, Funsies. and so this is, like, cusping. It's,
1: a, like, everybody's, like, out took out poison nuts, probably, because shit like this is happening all over the place. Um,
0: well, it seems pretty easy to do at this time.
1: Yeah, you just make a terrible Easter dinner. The worst lamb you've ever had. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so... Marie is not content, although she, you know, has the gold from her brothers now. Um, she's like, well, shit, I still have that pesky sister. Maybe I'll poison her. Um, and she also decides she wants to take down that sister-in-law who will not let her in the kitchen or would not let her in the kitchen. Yeah, and
0: at this point, like, her family sure thinks some shit's up. They yeah. know that it's her, but they have no proof.
1: Correct. And, the again, like, the sister-in-law always hated her. And this is just obviously she's now killed that woman's husband, so more Wait. hatred here. Um, she also casually, this is a fun anecdote. Uh, she started poisoning her husband in hopes of marrying her boyfriend, Sparkle Water. Um, but her boyfriend was like, mm, mm, mm. Sparkle Water didn't want that, Mm-mm. and he kept slipping her husband antidotes so she'd poison him, and okay. he'd be like, mm, mm, mm. it
0: That's was like a big
1: of. game of catch and release.
0: That's a movie I'd watch. Yeah, I'm interested. I would watch the movie version of this. be a rom-com for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, that's the Patreon. We write the rom-com and then you and I act this out as all characters. Is it
1: after or before we've drank the 15 glasses of wine? Oh,
0: midi. I see. Okay.
1: Um, So there's this back and forth going with the husband's life and his death. Um, And Marie is not thrilled with Godin, who's refusing to take their relationship seriously. He just wants fun time, naked time, gold time, uh, and she wants to marry him. Uh, She even sent him a very dramatic letter claiming she had poisoned herself. um, But in this interim, she goes ahead and takes a second lover shortly after the death of her brothers. Who's this? This is side piece number two, and his name... She's still married at this point, I will say. Um, And his name is Jean-Baptiste Brancourt.
0: So this is who I've had in my notes is JB.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. And he was originally hired as a tutor for Marie's children in 1670, and she just could not keep the hands off him.
0: Is that your dream? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of winks for you.
1: Um, So Brancourt is the opposite of Godin. He's pious and kind, and he's scared shitless, yet still obsessed with Marie. He's poor. Yeah, he's poor as shit. Um, I mean, she's also very beautiful. Um, She's been described very, you know, in the way that descriptions of women are always so charming that she's got big eyes and, like, great hair and, like, a great body.
0: The photos I saw of her were from right before the execution. No, I guess they were paintings, not photos, sorry. We're in 1600s. It was like a plum was wearing a dress.
1: <laughs> You're not wrong. I saw that one too. Yeah, you can see that at the Louvre as
0: well. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you know. Which one's accurate? Both? Hybrid. Ugh.
1: Okay. Um. So, down Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Um. Brancourt. Um. Is Who? tutoring Maurice the tutor? J.B. His name's Brancourt. Jean Baptiste <laughs> Brancourt. Yeah. Yeah. J.B. Um. He is tutoring the child. He is shocked by Marie's terrible uh, treatment of her child by her, of her daughter um, and he's suspicious he, that she's trying to poison her kid and is soon terrified that Marie will start poisoning him as well.
0: So J.B. knows about all of her poisonings? Yeah, she seems pretty loose of the tongue about it.
1: Ah. Um, and so Marie meanwhile is unraveling. There's an anecdote uh, that one night Brancourt, her new lover was walking past her room And saw her with Godin, her original Sparkle Water lover, um, whom she was, like, shoving into her closet. And then she summoned Brancourt, the new lover, to her room. He came. She was trying to woo him to bed. He was pissed, so he whipped open the closet door. And then she threw herself on the floor crying and screaming how she was going to poison
0: herself. She's a fucking nightmare. I'm just going (laughs) to throw that out
1: there. (laughs) She's doing fine. Um... So not long after this dramatic incident, however, Godin, uh, sparkle water boyfriend dies and he is wildly in debt cause he is like a hard party and good time boy, uh, and collectors, the best way that I can understand this is that collectors are basically set to get his affairs in order. Okay. Which seems reasonable if you have a ton of debt. Sure. Like to sell off your stuff or whatever. Um, although they don't find a fortune, they do find his stash of poisons that he he's conveniently bequeathed to Marie.
0: Is this when they find his burn book?
1: Yes. You mean Sundry Curious Secrets? <laughs> his burn book. Yeah. Um, along with a number of suspicious documents,
0: including a book titled Sundry Curious Secrets. Okay, Regina. Yeah. <laughs> Regina George, calm down.
1: Um, he is such a little dirty bastard. Um, so. Suffice to say, the eye of the law is turned to Marie, uh, who cruises over to the police to demand the return of sundry, curious secrets, as well as the poisons. Uh, She's not acting like she wants it as a memento of her dead lovers, but rather she needs that shit because she is guilty.
0: Right, do we have how he dies? No, I don't. Okay, so it's possible... Everything I feel like before 1900 is speculation. I don't believe <laughs> in shit. But so it's possible he was working on a poisonous gas, but his mask slipped. Oh, that's what I read to you. And fell. Yeah. And so he died immediately, <laughs> which is great because he was successful.
1: Yeah, he finally figured <laughs> out. It was not gold, though.
0: Not a bright man. Mm-mm. Busy just scribbling about Marie in that burn book. <laughs>
1: Um, So the police are interested and she dips the fuck out. Yeah. She's like, Um, she does what only a good rich noble woman can do and gets the hell out of Dodge and she is on the lamb but
0: the servant's arrested
1: yes meanwhile the servant uh, what do you call him servant john who was placed servant in her, john. servant john uh, placed in her brother's homes is picked up and tortured in like very horrific ways that i don't want to talk about no
0: let's skip that
1: uh, and he confesses everything and Marie is on the lamb as i said for 3 years before she's eventually picked up at a convent where she's renting a room which i did not know was like a motel 6 situation
0: Oh, so I have that she went to England. Yes. England agreed to extradite her. She then flees to the Netherlands, and she stays there again until her extradition is agreed upon. But it's possible that she was um, having an affair with the... And it said in the thing that I read, the major of the city. I don't know what that means. Maybe
1: it's a Y disguised as a J
0: with two dots over it. (laughs) full netherland mayor, <laughs> um and also that she may have tried to poison him so she was lured into a monastery where an officer was disguised as a priest oh, and interesting. arrested her.
1: interesting i don't know that's what i got from the book
0: i like the idea that she's just in the netherlands poisoning the major <laughs> slash mayor slash whatever he might be
1: um i will also add that um remember how she wanted to poison her sister too she just didn't get around to it her sister's the one who is funding her like run okay yeah um and it's when her sister dies that she is finally out of
0: money and then maybe
1: she starts sleeping with the mayor or that's why was her sister
0: fun giving her shit her sister hated her right no she felt bad for her i mean maybe her sister hated her brothers it seemed like touchers
1: anyway um (laughs) (laughs) whatever so um she's picked up regardless of how it happens um and in the room that she was at at the monastery, or excuse me, at the um, at the convent, the police find a written confession in which she admits to the murders. That's when she talks about sex with her brother. Um, mm-hmm. And then, however, she'll later claim that she wrote the whole thing in like a feverish haze and none of it's true.
0: She had those 15 glasses of wine. <laughs> Mixing meaty ums.
1: <laughs> um, so she goes on trial, but she's a noblewoman, so they need a lot to convict her.
0: Right, so they torture the fuck
1: out of her. We're not even there yet, but oh, they Oh, God. Were. Okay. Um, so many friends and acquaintances take the stand um, who testify about her obsession with poison. It sounds like she really fucking talked about the side passion of hers a lot. Um, you know,
0: when you have a passion project, it's important to get yourself out there. <laughs>
1: you, gotta, you really gotta
0: self-advertise, Victoria. You
1: gotta build your brand, Amanda. Yeah.
0: That's like what we're trying to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it looks like she might get away with it because everybody whom is speaking towards her or against her are basically, it's like all hearsay or whatever the fucking French version of hearsay wasn't the early, or excuse me, the late Can you 60s just guess years. for me what it might be?
0: Mm-mm. Okay. mm This was your opportunity Mm-mm. to have a really funny moment. <clears throat> I couldn't remember the word for ear. Pass it on <laughs> Okay. Um, well now that's all I can think about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'll just shut the fuck up and pour some wine.
1: Um, okay, so... Um, it looks like she might get away with it until her second lover, Brancourt, shows up and shares everything that he had ever learned. And Marie Okay, Co- wait, so Sparkle Water
0: has the burn did. bug. Yeah. He had okay. the sundry secrets. He had the burn bug. J B's got I guess just
1: all the dirt. Yeah, and he's also like he's a pious man. He was a tutor. He's they're- a poor fucker and yeah. he's sad. And they're gonna believe him. Um, anyway, so he goes in, he, like, rats her out, and she's like, you fucking
0: coward, while well, he's up there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why was I just imagining you on the stand and young Eric being like, please, take it easy on her?
1: <laughs> mean. <laughs> um, but on July 16th, 1676, she is found guilty, <laughs> and sentenced to torture and the classic French beheading that we all know so well. That's the one. Um, however, she's given this confessor named Pierrot, whom she makes a full
0: confession to. She's like, I, I killed him. I did it. She ultimately confessed to incest, murdering her father, her brothers, attempting to murder her sister, committing adultery and masturbation, which seems like it shouldn't be a crime. It's a crime? Um, sleeping with her cousin, huh? taking drugs to abort a child... And poisoning a maid. That's it? Not all those poor people? All of that. Okay. Um, so,
1: she does make this full confession, um, but that doesn't change her fate. She sustains hours of torture in which um, her torturers are hoping to have her name any accomplices or anything else. But Was
0: there she... more she could confess to? No, Jesus. No, there wasn't. So, they're, like,
1: fucking racking her. Yeah. And she is livid. The whole time, she's like, you're killing me, you're killing me, you're killing me. Um... And she apparently gets out of that torture session, eventually having not told them anything that they wanted. And she is so mad. She takes her confession back. Right. She recalls it. She's like, I just did this because you wanted me to. Um, despite this, she's executed in public. Amanda saw that painting of her. Yeah. On the great. way to the gallows. Or not the gallows, excuse me, the guillotine, I imagine.
0: So there's a lot of things that say that because her confession came in this, like, really awful way and was obviously, I mean, police brutality in the 90s was a thing, but I imagine in the 1600s was fucking batshit. Yeah, but they don't care. No, but, so I read a couple things that was like, and so maybe she wasn't guilty and we don't know. I don't think I'm buying that. No, I think she did it. She 100% did. I don't think she did everything I just said. No, well, she masturbated. She might have fucked her cousin. I don't know. But, yeah, like, I, I think that... Everything lines up. There's a lot of poison, and yeah. she was probably the one to give it to everyone.
1: Yeah, I think she was definitely up to that. Um, I don't think
0: that the means of how the confession was gotten was a great one, but like that doesn't I don't think make her innocent in any way.
1: I also read something, this is just a note on torture. Apparently when they tortured John the servant, um, he had been mercilessly racked or wheeled or whatever they were doing, waterboarded, I don't know. Um, but hadn't given anything up. He never said anything about Marie, uh, until they were done. And apparently that's what happens a lot, that you're just like so thankful that it's over
0: oh. that you'll
1: make a false confession or you'll make a real confession, whatever it is. But you're just like,
0: I heard they made Marie drink 16 pints of water. Yeah. They like put it up her nose. That's a lot of water. Mm-hmm. I drink a decent amount of water every day. That feels excessive.
1: I don't. I'm a leaf husk. Your leaf
0: husk? Yeah, no water in the body. This is how you tell me? It's just wine. Huh, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Um but yeah, I mean as Amanda said, I think I mean I think she did it too. I don't think that um the I mean obviously the torture is inhumane, um, but I she'd already told people she had done it. She had told
0: Baptiste. J B? JB. Sparkle water.
1: <laughs> Different. Goblin? Now you've put them all together into one horrible,
0: horrible <laughs> companion. <laughs> that was the problem, was I got them all confused. I gave them nicknames and then I mixed them up in my notes.
1: <laughs> and then you fused them into one entity? I
0: did! It um, was fun.
1: Yeah, so that's what I got. And today, if you go to the Louvre, you can see a painting of Marie hanging among other works by French artists.
0: Is it that one?
1: Yeah, it's the one of her on the way to
0: our I'll execution. I'll put that one on the Instagram for yeah, everyone's you viewing pleasure.
1: Um, so that's what I got. You got anything else?
0: No, all right. I did a really, really poor job at taking notes on this one. I think you did a great job. That was wonderful. Oh, thank you, Victoria. We'll find find
1: out on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I gotta edit this. Make me sound smart. (laughs) I don't know if I can cut out everything that I said. I think it'll be great. Great. Um, Well, shit. This is kind of longer than I thought it would be. Yeah, I'm shocked. We're hitting. I think I've been over here making weird noises though, so we'll see what happens. You were doing some shit with your legs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's fine. We're gonna go drink some more wine. We are gonna go drink some more wine. We hope that everyone has enjoyed this. Follow us on Instagram
1: at MurderSheRedPod. And we've got one last week of lady killers coming to y'all after this.
0: Do you wanna bet, listeners, this is for you? Do you wanna bet both will be poisoners or just one? Put your money where your mouth is. Don't put your money in your mouth.
1: It's probably not dirtier than anything they ate in 1660. Anyway, don't eat anything in 1660. <laughs> um, I am going to bookmark this puppy.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see what the fuck you give me next.
1: Yeah, and we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye. 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 bye.